Hello and welcome to the ARC Podcast. I'm Adam. And I'm Joy. We're so glad you're here. Today we're talking with Shayna. She's one of our acquisitions assistants or editors, or we'll talk about it in a minute when <laughs> she gets on. So welcome, Shayna. We're happy that you took some time to be in a random conference room at Tyndale to talk to us. Thanks for having me. I have worked here for four years, and I've never been in this conference room before. <laughs> so. Well, welcome. Thank We're so you. glad you're here. Shana, can you tell us a little bit more about what you do at Tyndale? You did just mention you've been here for four years, so I assume you've done a lot of things. Yes, I have. Um, I came here during college as an intern, and I worked with the Fiction Acquisitions Department. And then since that time, um, I've become the acquisitions and social media editor for fiction. So if you've heard of Crazy for Fiction, that's our online blog, our Facebook page, e-newsletter, and Twitter. I am the friendly voice that you can expect to hear and respond yes. to any comments or questions you might have. And I really encourage you guys to like us or find us there um, if you love behind-the-scenes sneak peeks and fun giveaways and a chance just to get to know favorite authors and even fun Tyndale personnel. You yep. should find us. So we did a uh, Periscope interview or Q&A with somebody on the nonfiction acquisitions team, and people kept saying, what's acquisitions? First of all, I'm going to do some research sometime and figure out why they call it acquisitions and not some other word, <laughs> but uh, can you explain exactly what they mean by acquisitions, and then we'll talk about the process? Sure. So acquisitions here at Tyndale House and in fiction is slightly different than um, other companies or even other departments. Um, in Tyndale House, Crazy for Fiction, we start off by receiving proposals and manuscripts from various agents in the Christian and in the secular industry. The proposal typically consists of a summary, a short hook, um, comparable titles, and a few sample chapters. After reading it, if the proposal catches our eye, a few acquisitions editors, or AEs as we like to call them, <laughs> on our team will read it through and discuss if the author and novel is not only a good fit for the company, but also for our current line. Mm -hmm. Here's a fun fact you might not know. When you're acquiring, you're often working more than a year out. So that means right now we're acquiring a novel in April 2016. It would most likely be a product in hit shelves spring or summer of 2017. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now, Shana, I have a question just before you go on there. Um, you know, I go to bookstores sometimes and I see books that are very timely. So they'll touch on current events or something that happened in the news. And it sounds like, you know, working a year out, that would be hard to predict what's going to happen, you know, a year from now. So how do, do you know how those books work? Do you ever have crash projects? Yes, a lot of different projects come in and the crash projects will often be something that might be tied to a movie or to uh -huh. something that's a little bit more current. Uh -huh. So uh, for example, coming up I'll talk about one of our fun upcoming projects that is related to a movie you might see in theaters in a couple months, Ben-Hur. Oh yes, okay. Yes. So you try to ride the wave of what might already be happening mm -hmm. and it's probably not the majority of your titles. The majority probably stick to schedule. You're like far enough out. That's what other departments that we work with yeah. would like us to do. Um, yes, I'm sure. Yeah, but sometimes we get you know wonderful opportunities to partner with other folks in movies or in other genres. So okay. we just 
kind of a mixed bag, but yeah. it's fun. Okay, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah. Uh, when we're deciding to pursue a manuscript, the AE will set up an offer, work with the agent, and come to an agreement. Uh, once we've reached one uh, and have it signed, then an editor will be assigned to the novel. A Tyndale-specific fun fact that sometimes people in-house don't even really know is that the acquisitions and editorial teams are separate here. Mm-hmm. So whereas at other publishing houses, the editor who purchases your novel will also be the one doing the line edits, we at Tyndale work as a team to accomplish this process. So the AE and editor will read the novel we acquired. Acquisitions is looking for big picture edits. So what is the hook and the ministry value? What makes this marketable? And once the acquisitions and ed- um, editor and editor have their feedback plotted out for the author, the AE hands it off and the editor works one-on-one to fine-tune it with the author, and then it becomes the book that you see on the shelves. Wow. So, oh, go ahead. Oh, okay. I was going to say, in movies, whenever there's a publisher, mm-hmm. it's like the editor does everything from marketing to publicity, and I'm always like, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, and at, at different houses, it really yeah. is very different, but we're very lucky at Tyndale that it's so collaborative, and mm-hmm. I find it's so fun because we're looking at things that, an editor isn't looking at and so we get to talk on the front end and then we even get to brainstorm and talk with the author mm-hmm. which is my, my in my opinion the best part oh yeah certainly do you find that after you acquire you see the big picture elements the ministry value you hand off the minute the manuscript to editorial do you then give up the process or do you speak back into it as the editors working on it Typically, once the acquisitions editor has handed it off, then it's just the editor and um, the author working back and forth. And what's so great, because I work um, in acquisitions and I also work with social media and with marketing, is that because I've gotten to read the manuscript on the front end, then I'm able to pull out some great content. And sometimes Mm -hmm. the editor will come back to me and say, hey, we also added this great scene that has this really powerful, you know, moment or something, and then I'm able to pull that later. Oh, cool. So. Okay. That is great. I think that you're able to collaborate because then it gives you creatives space to just see the big picture and then editorial to get down to the details mm-hmm. and do both. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome, Zena. What do you think is a favorite part of your job? I'm sure there's a lot. Um, tell us one of those and then maybe something that's more challenging. Sure. Uh, Because I straddle, as I said previously, the role between acquisitions and marketing with social media, I'll pick kind of a piece from both worlds. In acquisitions, I love getting to read the manuscript, providing feedback on ways to make the novel even better. Um, In social media, I love just getting the word out. I always tease our authors that are so excited to shout from (laughs) the social media rooftops about their wonderful books. Um, Because I'm the privilege of being the social media voice for Crazy for Fiction, I often get to see readers' joy and excitement over our novels, and I get to hear amazing stories of how these novels are impacting lives, which I selfishly think is so great that I get to experience, (laughs) and then I share it with my team, obviously, and the authors. Um, A challenging part in publishing is not finding good or even great publishable content. The challenge is the various limiting aspects of the publishing industry. A lot of publishing, unfortunately, comes down 
to a book landing at the publisher just at the right time or not sometimes. Mm. Now, have you ever seen the movie uh, Stranger Than Fiction with uh, Will Ferrell? Yes. So in that movie, <laughs> I think it's Emma Thompson is the author, mm -hmm. and they, the, the publisher sends like a fixer because she has writer's block. Um, are you kind of hoping that you get to be that person sometime, uh, get sent to an author to kind of juggle their head and make them do crazy <laughs> things, jump off things to get them to finish their books? Or is that probably not something Tyndale's going to do? <laughs> probably not. We, we're often very blessed that the authors are open to our feedback and, you know, they want to hear what we have to say. Sometimes we, we joke that they might not like our feedback, but <laughs> <laughs> we all have the same goal, that we want it to reach the most wide amount of people and be powerful, so. Mm -hmm. But Shana, what do you mean by various limiting factors? What limits your selection? Well, as I had said previously, sometimes it doesn't come down to, is this the right novel for us? It's, is this the right novel for our current line? Oh. So sometimes it'll be like, wow, this book has such a great hook, I wish we could publish it, but we have a book coming out that we already acquired that's coming out in a year with the same you know, genre, it's kind of a similar storyline, mm -hmm. and so then we have to pass on what is a wonderful project, but mm -hmm. isn't right for us at this time. Okay. Or if it's like a fantasy, horror, <laughs> uh, magical <laughs> thing, which you think is a great book, but it's just not something that we usually publish. True, very okay. true. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Both are true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what are what are you currently working on that you're excited about? Well, as I kind of gave a sneak peek about before, uh, Ben-Hur is something we have been working on for a long time now, and we are so excited. Uh, it releases in June. If you have seen or heard of the old Charlton Heston movie, you're probably aware of this iconic revenge story. What you might not know and what I was not aware of is that the original novel... Ben-Hur, A Tale of the Christ, was the most popular novel of the 19th century, only to be topped by Gone with the Wind when that released. Wow. Mm -hmm. mm. So we have the privilege of working with Carol Wallace, who is the great-great-granddaughter of the original author, Lou Wallace. Mm. So she's taken her great-great-grandfather's well-known work and updated it for a modern audience. And the new movie, which is made by Paramount and MGM, will release in August. So, yeah, we're very excited about that one. And then two other ones that I just have to talk about. Um, they are projects by two well-known Christian authors, but they have a bit of an unexpected twist to them. Uh, beloved fiction novelist Francine Rivers will be releasing her first devotional, Earth Psalms, this September. In this weekly devotional, Francine invites you to join her in seeking the creator through the marvel marvelous natural world we live in. The other fun project that we have the privilege of working on right now is an exciting fiction premiere from beloved New York Times bestselling author Beth Moore. Beth Moore is a bestselling book and Bible study author, and we're extremely excited to partner with her in her debut fiction novel, The Undoing of St. Sylvanus, which will hit shelves September 20th, 2016. Mm. Now, Shana, the, the unexpected twist obviously is that they're writing outside of their genre. Yes. And it's interesting that you have, you know, the fiction and the nonfiction and the nonfiction and the fiction. Mm -hmm. So how is it particularly maybe to work with Francine? Um, or actually let, let me ask for Beth Moore, mm -hmm. you know, working from a nonfiction perspective, very different kind of writing, to working 
on a fiction type project, how is that? Do you have to coach a little bit more or does it come naturally? Well, as you might know, as fans of Beth might know, she is a wonderful Southern woman who is a storyteller at heart. So for her, it really did come very naturally. And our um, director of fiction here, Karen Watson, is very close with her and she always says, Beth, you have a story to tell. And so she just you know, nudged her along and she was very pleased when we said, wow, you are a natural fiction writer. Mm-hmm. And anyone who reads it, even when you just turn it over and read the back cover copy, you think, huh, that's not what I thought. <laughs> but it's really, it's really great. Oh, that's yeah, and there's, I believe there's a sample online right now that people Yes, can if you go out. to bethmorenovel.com, you can get a sampler with a couple chapters and you can pre-order the novel. And we'll be having a webinar coming up soon. And if that's not already on the website, it will be. I haven't checked recently, but that'll be where you'll be able to hear more about the novel um, from Beth herself. So Shana, can you tell us a story about an author or project you've enjoyed working on? I'm sure there's a lot and quite a variety. I'm sure it's kind of hard to pare it down. Yes, uh, that is a very hard question. Um, As a book mother, I will not pick one child, but um, in the four years I've been here, I think what I've enjoyed most is working with authors who don't quite fit the genre mold. Some examples would be Candace Calvert. She publishes Medical Romance which sets itself apart from the more core genres of romance or romantic suspense by, as Candace would say, letting her readers scrub in on drama in the hospital. Uh, Jolena Petersheim also comes to mind as she does a twist on Amish. Mm-hmm. Rochelle Decker has done Dystopian for us. Randy Singer writes legal thrillers. And The Prayer Box is a time slip novel that comes to mind as a standout. Uh, these novels are contemporary, but they have a lot of historical elements that encompass the best of both genres and make it unique. Mm-hmm. At Tyndall House, we're very proud of publishing a broad range of genres, and for me, that's kind of what sets us apart and makes us most distinct. There's a little something for every reader, whether you like dystopian, Amish, romance, romantic suspense, women's fiction, there's something for everybody. Mm-hmm. What's time slip mean? It is when the core storyline is contemporary, but in some way the contemporary character encounters something that then in other chapters you go back to a historical element. I get it. Often in letters or because of a historical artifact or something. And that's different from a flashback. Yes. Right, so like historical would be like decades, like back in history Mm -hmm. versus like just something in their recent past. Correct. Okay. Do you have a favorite genre out of those? I don't know. It really depends. Sometimes we have a lot of romance coming in, and sometimes uh, I like something a little different. It just depends, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. It is great to work in such a variety because then you don't get bored. No, I never get bored. (laughs) And even, even though it is fiction, I'm sure you can see some elements of the author's own life come into these stories is really an expression of who they are, which must be really neat to see. Yes. Now, before I worked here, I lived out in Los Angeles, and it seemed like every person, uh, like I worked at Starbucks, I worked at a theater, every person was 
an aspiring actor or director or writer. And when I started working here, that's what I expected. I, I thought every person at Tyndale was going to have like a, a novel they were working on, <laughs> which is not the case. I don't even know if I've met anyone that worked here that wants to be a writer. But if if I did, if I want, if I was an aspiring author, and uh, besides like trying to sneak my manuscript onto Karen's desk or something, <laughs> what advice would you have for someone who's aspiring or just starting out? Mm -hmm. I think the best advice that I can give any aspiring authors is to first work on writing your novel and then come up with the most succinct, marketable hook that you can craft. Mm. Uh, this won't only help you when you pound the pavement and when you're at writers' conferences and meeting agents, but it also will really make your proposal stand out when it hits an acquisitions editor's desk. Uh, great writing and an unforgettable hook are really the two things that we always say strikes us first. Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes at writers conferences we'll get asked what is a hook, what you know, what does that mean? Um, I have a couple examples from books that we've acquired that when we heard them it kind of made us stop in our tracks and it made us want more. Mm -hmm. So one example is Junebug. The hook is a young girl and her father park their RV at a local Walmart. While inside she notices a poster on the wall titled Have You Seen This Girl? And to her surprise, the sketch rendered looks an awful lot like herself. This is a modern-day retelling of the classic play, Les Mis. Mm. Um, another great hook would be Five Brides. This is a novel based on a true story of how five single, independent women lived together in the early 1950s, and though none of them have a boyfriend at the time, they spy a beautiful wedding dress in a storefront window and decide to purchase it. From there, the story goes on to tell how each woman falls in love and tailors the dress to fit her special day. Hmm. So the hook would be short, but also packed with the gripping details that you want the reader to want more. Hmm. That seems to be kind of universal between fiction and nonfiction, because that's something similar that Jillian said, um, that they're looking for um, a strong hook. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. I think it's increasingly important because we are flooded with information all day long, wherever we are, at work or at home, or at community groups, and um, we're only able to take in so much. And we're all impacted by story, but it's just how, how powerful is the story gonna be? And if you can summarize it, you know, in a couple of sentences and grip the reader even there, that shows a lot for the potential of the book. Mm -hmm. So this is good to know for when I slip my <laughs> yeah, proposal um, onto somebody's desk. Yes, we'll be shutting our doors in our offices. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you're interested in my sci-fi novel. You know, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? You could expand the line, Adam. Yeah, you know, yeah. you could be the debut author. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so Shana, you've mentioned a couple times crazy for fiction. Can you just tell us a little bit more about what that is? Sure. Uh, Crazy Fiction is our online community. So as mm -hmm. I said, it's made up of our blog, our Facebook page, Twitter, and our e-newsletter. And so to keep up to date on all our current and upcoming projects and for lots of giveaways and contests, just follow us online. That is awesome. Cool. Do you ever have like um, authors guest posts or like do you write a lot of the content? Uh, a lot of the times it's a mix. Okay. Uh, we reshare a lot of fun guest posts that the authors do and the authors are always 
coming on and doing giveaways and that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, that is fun. I've seen a lot of giveaways, and I love it. I'm kind of bummed that I'm a Tyndale employee. <laughs> I can't enter them. <laughs> Some of the things we give away, I'm like, oh, I would have loved to be a contestant. So you <laughs> listeners out there, sign up in my place. <laughs> well, thanks again for being on our show today, Shana. And if people want to uh, connect with you or ask more questions, they can find you on Twitter or Facebook at Crazy for Fiction or leave a comment on the blog. And thanks everyone for listening. <laughs>